Simon Wollstonecroft is a drummer from Manchester. His first band at school was with Ian Brown and John Squire. His second band became The Smiths. He played with The Fall for 11 years and continues to play drums for Manchester bands today. Johnny Marr nicknamed him Funky Sai. This is Funky Sai's A to Z of Manchester. Hello Simon, how are you? Good evening Jackie. <laughs> I'm great thanks. I've been quite busy today coordinating the cover art for San Pedro's next single called Time. Wait a minute, so you've become like an art designer now? Well, I just needed a photograph um, of Jasmine. She's going to be on the front cover of the record, you see, which is coming out first week of December. Great song, I'm really, really proud of it. I want the cover to be really good. So I've sent Jasmine out with a photographer today in Manchester as we speak and waiting for the... um, the pictures to the, come the back. The pictures to come back. And then you can approve them. <laughs> That's right. And will you get involved in the typeface? And, and No, somebody else will do that. Uh, you know, in the name San Pedro Collective on the bottom and time at the top. I don't know what kind of font or anything. I am quite interested in that, how things are advertised. Should have been in the advertising game, I reckon. Because you didn't get involved much with the full stuff, did you? No, not at all. That was, all, it was, just, that was Mark's baby, really did everything and got his you know artist friends coming in doing the covers or collages himself and uh, just left him to it really we'll see what the pictures are like i'm sure they're really good because steve divine did them uh it was very very good and he uh he works at the uh, at the museum manchester did you give them any direction did you say I want- um, well i said it maybe put us um something to do with time whether they've gone to a, near a clock or something, I don't know. So we'll see, I'm very excited. Actually. She could have scaled up the town hall, you know, like they do with, <laughs> with the Father Christmas. Well, I had a look at that, and uh, it's got a big fence round it, oh. round the square, so you couldn't get up there, really, unless you trained in the SAS and had a load of ropes and gravel hooks. Which, knowing you, I wouldn't be surprised that you once were. <laughs> no, I was never going to go in the military. Was it never even a thought? Simon, uh, my dad used to say, you know, Simon, you just won't be told. <laughs> was he trying to get you into the army? Well, he would have approved of it if I got in the Air Force because I was very interested in aircraft, you say, from a young age. I wasn't that good at physics, <laughs> which he needed, really, to get in the RAF. I've got a little story about the uh, those days, you know, coming up to that. Oh, marvellous. OK, yeah. well, what letter are we up to? Uh, we're up to the letter um, w. w. My first W tonight, Jackie. Winter Hill. Now, have you ever been up there? No, I don't think so. You know where it is, though, don't you? Where is it? Well, it's north of Bolton. And it's where a um, telecommunications post is up there. Do you drive past it on the way to, like, Blackpool? Yes, you do, up the M61. Yes. Just north of Bolton there. Um, I used to be able to see it uh, where I lived near Manchester Airport, out of my bedroom, when I was growing up, you know, in the house that I was born in. And it was a very comforting thing, seeing this big pole with the red, red lights. It must be 30 miles away. I, I sort of enjoyed just staring at it. <laughs> a few planes have hit that uh, Winter Hill. It's on the top of Winter Hill. You know, US Army aircraft. 
during the war, just after the war. I don't know whether they had a red light on it then, you know what I mean? I think that might be why they added it. <laughs> yeah, they caught fire last year, of course, or, you know, all the peat all went up. It was on the news, the whole thing went up. I think somebody dropped a ciggy foolishly and it caught. Uh, Winter Hill also is the name of a certain ratio song, which is where I knew what Winter Hill was when I was a kid, but when I saw, like, when they wrote that, I thought, wow, you know, that's interesting. But the nearest I ever got to being a pilot was when I flew a plane round Winter Hill. Um, <laughs> it was not as <laughs> glamorous as you think. It was like a car with wings. <laughs> right, were you off the ground, yes or no? I was, I was. And I did take control of the yoke, I think they call it in the trade. It was a little Cessna plane. I don't know if you remember, um, you watch Columbo, of course. Of course. Uh, Swan Song, one of my favourite episodes, with Johnny uh, Cash. Johnny Cash, yes, who plays a very naughty rock star who gets out of prison and gets into this religious uh, body, run by this very severe woman, and he takes off in uh, this little plane like the one I flew round in uh, Cessna, I think. It was very old. That this one I went on flew from um, Barton Aerodrome which, of course, is where the uh, Greater Manchester Police keep their helicopter. Uh, I think they've got a couple, haven't they? And so what age were you when you flew? Oh, this is only about six years ago. Oh, yeah. OK. Was it for a, a, like a birthday? Was it was it a gift. Gift, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I think it lasted about an hour. And were you nervous? Not at all, no. It was a pretty old plane, though, I've got to say. Have you watched Count Arthur Strong? Yes. Oh, no, no I've, I've heard him on the radio. Oh. I, I like him. His radio's brilliant, but there's a... Excellent episode that you must watch, oh, where he okay. flies a plane. <laughs> what one of those little planes? Yeah, where <laughs> he is going to learn how to fly, okay. and so's the young lad next to him. But they both think that the other one's the instructor. Ah, oh, get yeah. So they yeah. get up and go up in the air. Well, I, I love Count Arthur. I think he's hilarious. Yeah, he's very good, isn't he? Mm. Uh, no, I had hundred uh, percent confidence in the captain on the day who took me up there. It says, right, get you know, get in the sea. I did have manoeuvred it round at Winter Hill, and I thought, wow, you know. How fantastic. Yeah, it was great, really. And did it not make you think, oh, I'd like to do this again? Probably too late now. You know, my hearing's going. was <laughs> sight. <laughs> so they probably wouldn't have me. Probably wouldn't pass the test. When I was a kid on holiday abroad, it was common practice for people to, you know, can I have a look at the, uh, the flight deck, you know, for your kid? I went up a couple of times. So that's the nearest I got, flying round Winter Hill. What a great time I had. <laughs> My next W, Jackie, is the song Weirdo by the Charlatans. Now, I was a big fan of the Charlatans. Uh, like all the early stuff, the only one I know and everything. But what a fantastic record this is. From the opening bars, it's so slinky. It's Rob Collins, you know, really makes that song, I think. Though they're all great on it, you know, uh, John on drums. I really love it. It's just uh, the best best song. When it comes on the radio, I think, oh, God, here we go. This this is going to be a treat. It's, a, it's like an anthem, isn't it? Yeah, but as soon as you hear that opening bar, mm. you know you're in for a good time. <laughs> and I love songs like that. I've known Tim quite a while. I first met him. Uh, when I was in Berlin with the fall, and we had a night off, and they were playing at the Tiergarten, which is the zoo in Berlin there. 
And so I think me and Stephen Craig probably it was then. It would have been the late 80s. Went to see him and say hello and all the rest of it. Uh, nice lad. Uh, we talked about how he used to get the bus from his house in uh, Northwich or out that way. And he used to go past my old house where I was brought up, you see. On the E17 bus, green one, Crossville. We said, you know, oh, might have seen you before then. Although he's quite a lot younger than me, isn't he, Tim Burgess? Doing very well with his Twitter listening parties. They're great, aren't they? Well, yeah, they are. Can you explain to me? Did they sit there and play the record all at the same time? Yes. Then start commenting? Yes. And when do they play the next one? They just carry on. So that they... But there must be a gap. No. Oh, they just play the whole thing? They just play the whole album. So you've got to scramble and say what you want to say? Yes, very quickly. So I can I say, it was a song that uh, Tim Burgess did with Peter Gordon, who's a composer, and it was uh, a video was made. Great song. You can see it on YouTube. Say... But I'm in the video. <laughs> well, how, how have you ended up in the video? Well, it was um, Nico Mirallegro, young actor, who was given the opportunity. Uh, they know each other, Tim and Nico, for Nico to do his first video. And we went down to this f- uh, big film school in North London, just, on the, just near the M25, actually. And he asked uh, Stella Grundy from Interstellar, to also star as my opposite in the film. The song's called Say, because nobody says anything in the video. <laughs> <laughs> we look a bit forlorn, and we're just sort of sitting about around this flat where it was filmed. Not much acting was required? Uh, no, not no. really. I did have to hit a bongo drum in, ta- in, in, <laughs> in time with the bass drum on the, on the actual track. I'm sure you could manage that. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Uh, Stella sort of played a housewife who'd you know been run through the mill. Because she's been doing a lot of acting, hasn't she, in the last few years? Stella. She has, yeah. Rise of a Northern Star. I went to see that when it first opened. It was great. Well, uh, we had a great time. So uh, try and check it out. Say by Tim Burgess and Peter Gordon. Oh, we'll have to put it on the playlist. Yeah, why not? Eh? Okay. Why not something different? It's a nice little tune. <laughs> Next W, Jackie, the White City Retail Park in Old Trafford, just down the road from me. Now, I'm always in there, um, in M&S, hiding behind this thing, waiting for the yellow labels to come out. What are the yellow labels? Well, at the end of the night, they put yellow labels on, on everything. On the food, is this? Yeah, on bits and bobs of food that are going out a day. Oh, I get you. And they dramatically slash the price. And you're lurking, because I've seen it sometimes in other shops. It's like a scrap. People are elbowing each other out of the way to get to them. (laughs) Is that you? Is that what you're up to? Well, I just have a passing interest as I'm walking down the aisles. What have they got there, you know? And what is it you're interested in that you think... Well, it could be anything, you see. Might be half a dozen eggs, you know, for 20 pence. And normally two quid in there. You've got to eat them all within 24 hours or something. I eat a lot of eggs, Jackie. <laughs> so, uh, White City. It wasn't that long ago I found out that White City was in uh, quite a historical place over the years. From the middle of, you know, the 1800s. Botanist, scientist, John Dalton who lived in Manchester, 
he was the head of the Botanical and Horticultural Society. He wanted to set up a, an exhibition. So they had a, an Art Treasures exhibition hosted by Prince Albert and it had the patronage of Queen Victoria herself. Wow. Yeah, I'm not sure whether she came, but um, he was around, was old Prince Albert. <laughs> now, basically, they had a, it was a botanical gardens. It was a bit like Alexandra Palace in North London. You know, huge glass, absolutely massive place. And they had the botanical gardens. <laughs> but they had a, this art treasures exhibition where they brought all these masters, Michelangelo's, Rubens, Rembrandt's, Basically, for the masses from Manchester and the surrounding area, people came from miles. In fact, they had 1.3 million visitors in the first 142 days of business. What? Yeah. And it was set up in that position because it was, well, it was Trafford Park was right near it, of course, on the other side of Man United's ground. They didn't want all the smoke coming over, so that's why they set it up there. And that's why Old Trafford... Train station, as we know it, tram station, was set up to cater for everybody coming to this exhibition. So, you know, to give people who normally wouldn't have the chance to go to a posh gallery in London, you know, if you're working in a mill in Manchester, now here's your chance. So it's a great thing, really, don't you think? Oh, absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Have, uh, you, have you seen the Mona Lisa? No, I've never been in that one. No. It's a little bit disappointing. I've seen a lot of Salvador Dali's. Been to his museum in Florida, I think it is. And was oh, were they good? Yeah, I love all that stuff. Yeah, I do. And I do like Picasso. I've been to uh, one or two of his museums. And I like all the Monets, you know, the huge... Yeah, I like it. Yeah. ...lilies and things. Yeah. They've got a few of them in London. Yeah. Oh, um, I, like, I like a bit of art. I do. I really do. But it is... Uh, have you, do you watch Mickey Flanagan? No, who's he? The comedian. You must know Mickey Flanagan. He's a Cockney comedian. Right. He's hilarious. But he, he does a whole routine on you don't know how long you're supposed to stand and look at something. Well, as long as you want. Well, that's exactly why no, I yeah. think. If you get, you know, once you've seen it, take it in and then move on to the next one. Yeah. What I find quite difficult is reading all the, all the things about the picture. I'd rather just go around to see a picture I like. Then, then find Then out. investigate. Yes. That's, otherwise, you, you get tired out, you know. Really. Yeah. I don't, it, it is, it's that worry, isn't it, that you think, I'm not interested in this one, so I just want to carry on. But you think, yeah. I'll have to stand and look at it for five minutes. Well, you just don't to, have to, do you? Well, yeah. no, uh, do you know what? I don't, Simon. Good, I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> Those days are long gone. I do what I like these days. Yeah, why not? <laughs> so this um, White City, and incidentally, the front gates are still the only bit that's standing big roundabout there right near Old Trafford if you're not from the area you know like uh, colonnades white you know quite elaborate that's the only thing that's left but it was uh, used for a lot of things this area of land the exhibition was opened in 1857 there was a cricket ground there before they moved to where they are now just over the other side of the tracks at Old Trafford you see it was a show ground they've had greyhound racing <laughs> And even stock car racing, you know, throughout the twentieth century, one point or another. But now that's where you'll find people hiding behind the shelves, waiting for the yellow labels to come out. <laughs> so that's White City. <laughs> 
next W is the band When in Rome. Now, they've been quite successful in America. You might not have heard of When in Rome on this side of the Atlantic. During the 80s, when I was drumming in the back bedroom of the house there, sometimes with Ian and John, uh, there was another guy just at the back of us, down the hill a bit, called Clive Farrington, who was a member of this band called When in Rome. Good band, actually. Electronic. Well, there was three of them. Clive Farrington, Andrew Mann, and uh, a keyboard player as well, but I've forgotten his name. They originally had a band called Bow Leisure, who, when I, I remember when, you know, when I was about 17, 18, I remember them, the name being banded around, you know, around Altrincham, simply, when we go to club, you know, youth clubs or discos or what, that, that kind of thing. But uh, old Clive there, Clive Ferenson, he started this band, great singer, lovely voice. They sounded a bit like, not a million miles away from New Order, but but more um, lovey-dovey, you know, the lyrics, more pop. They had considerable success over over in America with their song, The Promise, in 1988. Did very well. It actually charted in the Billboard, you know, proper chart. I'm not sure what number it was. My mum, she used to go shopping down at Butterworth's, which was a general store on the corner. And he worked, I think he worked in the butchers, as I remember it, Clive. He just lived opposite there, opposite the road, but my mum was always in there. But she used to come back home and say, oh, Simon... Uh, this Clive, she used to call him Juicy Bernard. I don't know why. <laughs> she said he looked like Freddie Mercury. <laughs> he looked like Freddie Mercury and she called him Juicy Bananas. I know. And he worked answer. in the butchers. He must have been saying, oh, yeah, do you want some of these ripe bananas, Pat? <laughs> <laughs> Going cheap. That's the only thing I can think of. But she used to say, oh, I've just seen Clive, you know, his band's doing really well. And I was kind of like, oh, oh, really? <laughs> Furious. Because <laughs> I was doing my own thing. But um, I was talking to him not long ago, and he said, Yeah, there used to be a right racket coming from your bedroom. <laughs> you know, when we were there with Ian and John. <laughs> but, uh, so, where did you bump into him? Well, he got in touch recently, a few months ago, in fact. Said, There's this guy uh, over in uh, Chicago who does this podcast thing and would I like to be on it so I was you know it's very good very professional you're very good at podcasts I don't mind it talking you know I used to be quiet for so many years now we can't shut you up I know it's terrible (laughs) (laughs) Swing Out Sister the hairdresser's favourite band Corrine Drury the singer I think she was involved early doors with When in Rome as well so have a listen to it well, should we put that on the playlist as well? Well, you can if you want. Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me force you. <laughs> oh, if you want. The next W, Jackie, form of transport. It's a waxy boat taxi. Now, have you ever been on it? No. Well, there's a taxi boat service that runs from Castlefield down past Man United's ground, down down the canal there, all the way to the Trafford Centre now. Yeah, and uh, I went on it a couple of years ago, and they're like the sort of boats you get in Amsterdam, say. There's about 20 seats on with glass, so you can see what's going on. 
And I can imagine uh, on a hot, you know, a spring day when you used to be allowed to go and watch the game at Old Trafford, it'd be a great way to get in there. But the day I went, it was freezing cold. <laughs> it's a really grim scenery, Pascalox. <laughs> Is the actual view as you're going along nice or not? Um, Cause once be... you get past Castlefield and Old Trafford Stadium, no. Is it quite grim? Yeah, it's terribly grim. <laughs> Yeah, but it gets you there, and that's the thing. And you're not polluting the air, because I think they're electric, the boats themselves, you know, the engines. I've not been on it since, but I've just got no reason to go to the Trafford Centre from Castlefield. I don't do the Trafford Centre either. You have to really hold your breath and uh, charge in and get what you want straight out, straight out, you know, commando style. (laughs) (laughs) It's just negotiating everybody, you know, all the excited kids and families. It's the stopping and looking. You know, when people yeah. are walking in front of you. Oh, that, yeah, well, I know. And yeah, I just think, problem, isn't it? just keep moving. It's like that at airports and service stations and the motorway are the worst. I'm becoming too bad-tempered about it all. Oh, yeah, I just kind of got used to it now. I have to think ahead, you know, she's going to take so long to get there. I'm quicker if I go right round there. <laughs> Yeah, it stops by the um, Hotel Football, which is where I went to see um, the Charlatans with Gary Neville once. He was playing, and he sang North Country Boy. You were with Gary Neville? I wasn't with, but he was playing with the Charlatans. Gary Neville was? Yeah, with a guitar, yeah. They were doing a little, it was some sort of party, it might have been when it opened. Right, are you sure this wasn't a dream you've had? No, and he was actually pretty good, Gary Neville. I think he was probably better at football, you know, being a defender. Good defender. You know, England, wasn't he? And, uh, but he was up on stage playing with the Charlatans. Yeah, oh, he absolutely loved it. And, and why wouldn't you? You know, he had an acoustic guitar, North Country boy. I don't know what to say about it, really. <laughs> Other than he's, you know, he's, he's very good. He was. He, wow. He's a massive fan of the Charlatans, obviously. Can't remember what the occasion was. Di, who did the PA for the fall, she was doing the sound. That's another band she's worked with, you know, constantly. Like New Order and The Fall and The Smiths. and Di's lovely, isn't she? Yeah, she is, She yeah. did the music for Hey Luciani as well, didn't she? Yes, yeah, she did. Yeah, she yeah. was great. Yeah, the out-front sound. Yeah. yeah, and then I used to see her a lot at the Hacienda when she live acts were on. She'd be doing the music. Yes, she would. And she'd be underneath the she's DJ a, stage. Yeah, she's been around longer than me, you know, doing it, so... Uh, God bless you, die. My next W, Whittingstall. Hugh Fernley, that is. <laughs> now, Hugh Fernley, Whittingstall, celebrity chef. He had a TV series years and years ago called River Cottage. And he all, all these other offshoots of it. Of it. I used to watch it. I liked it. It was one of the first shows where... He, you know, showed you how to live off the land. It was. It was to sort of grow your own, wasn't it? And, yeah. And he would work with whatever he had from his own garden. And he'd go foraging and he'd go catching crayfish in the river down there in Dorset, wherever his, you know, river cottage is. I, I used to like it. It used to make me relax watching it. Anyway, <laughs> about five or six years ago, the Manchester Food and Drink Festival was on, which is based around Albert Square. Uh, obviously not had it this year, 
It's good. I played there in a couple, with a couple of bands, actually, in a marquee. But uh, old Hugh Fernley Whittingstall was doing a talk at Bridgewater Hall. He was promoting a book, of course, and uh, he did a demonstration. My cousin Suzanne, she, she said, oh, do you want to come, Simon? I said, yeah, I'd like to see it. We went, and he's doing his cooking, you know, one of them radio mics, you know, with a... Like a Madonna mic. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. She was one of the first ones to have one. She was, she? that's why I still call them that. Right, yeah. Madonna mics. Yeah, she did. Anyway, signing books afterwards in the foyer of the Bridgewater Hall. Great venue there, by it the way. It is lovely. But anyway, I, I didn't actually buy a book, Jackie. I have to confess. It was about 30 quid, you know, hardback. I wasn't that into, you know, cooking what he was cooking. <laughs> but I thought I'd like to shake his hand anyway, maybe get a photo with him, as you do. So I queued up and waited my turn, got to him, and he'd realised I'd not got a book or something. Wow. And uh, he was he kind of recoiled in horror as I approached him. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got a picture of it somewhere. I'll dig it out. Oh, you must dig it out. Yeah, um, he really looks like he's scared, and I'm just I just want to go. Ah, yeah, nice to meet you, oh, you. No. I've been a big fan of yours. Not not a big enough fan to buy your book, but I'm a big fan. <laughs> well, at least I went to say hello. <laughs> I think he might have shook, shaken my hand afterwards. I've never seen anybody react like that <laughs> when I walked up to them. So that's you, Fernley Whittingstall, with a W. The next W is the Winnebago holiday I went on to the southern states of America when I was a kid. I was very lucky. Went with my mum and dad and Jane. I think it was 1978. Flew over on a British Caledonian DC-10. Just a tartan, the old wear tartan uniforms. <laughs> Arrived at Houston to be met by our ex-next-door neighbours round the corner from Clive's Farrington's, uh, you know, in Ringway. David Murray, he was an accountant, chief accountant for Occidental Oil. He'd been brought up in the Gorbals, Glasgow. <laughs> yeah, done very well for himself. And Keith and Stuart were my neighbours, but they moved over there. They got this top job. And we went to visit them, you know, after a few years. And travel round in this huge Winnebago. Imagine how big it must have been. Eight people. <laughs> Driving round Louisiana, Alabama. Florida. How fantastic. I know. So, so How old were you? 1978, I was 15. Wow. One of the first things I remember getting off the plane in Houston was a newsstand that I walked past and there was Rolling Stone magazine with a picture of The Clash on it. I couldn't believe it, you know. Do music, will travel sort of thing. I couldn't get my head round it. I just didn't think people in America would have. But there they were, you know, bold as brass on the cover. But they were a good band, of course. Yeah, we, we boarded this great big GMC motorhome. It's the sort of thing you'd see, you know, movie trailer, you know, when they're doing a big film or whatever, where the actors, um, you know, relax in between takes. And my dad had to drive it and he hated it. Oh, I bet he did, because you're driving on the wrong side of the road. Not only that, but he wasn't a good driver anyway. He was always getting nicked for speed. <laughs> the way to the surgery <laughs> but, but it was, yeah it was a terrible backseat passenger my dad but when he, it was his turn because him and David had to drive it you see and uh, it broke down in Alabama I think it was 
And um, in the middle of nowhere, you know, on a, on a highway, I don't mean a freeway, you know, the massive eight-lane one, I mean one of them back roads ones. Cut a long story short, there was a mass murderer wandering around. <laughs> and the police had to come and rescue us <laughs> in case we got, got um, a visit off this mad murderer. <laughs> and uh, these two squad cars came in, great big black and white ones. You know, with a shotgun in the front, <laughs> bull bars in the front. I remember this, you know, female officer all, all in black, you know, showing it. Right, come on, I'll take, I'll take you to safety. We went to this little Holiday Inn motel, a swimming pool. The area around it was covered in locusts. Yeah, is it locusts? Yeah, it sounds like a horror film. Yeah, it was. <laughs> But what a great holiday. A mass murderer and locusts. Yeah. Uh, we saw a tornado while we were down there. Proper, Whoa. you know, proper great big one. Oh, you had the full experience <laughs> Where it then. goes black, you know, the sky. Yeah. With lightning coming out of it. Yeah, it was really good. Went down to Florida. Got on a jet ski for the first time ever. And, of course, you know, I've got great memories of it. Wish I had a few more pictures, actually. You know, to, uh, but I haven't. That simple as that. I don't know why. I think my dad had a cine film, probably, but the, the projector's broke. Come on, we need to get that projector fixed. <laughs> oh, can anybody help? <laughs> Send help. It's a Umig 501. <laughs> <laughs> and did you like staying in a Winnebago and travelling round in it? Well, I think um, we sort of took turns. Some one, one of the families stayed in the Winnebago and then one stayed in the motel, you know, one night, and then we switched over. We were there for two weeks. I took time off school, which, of course, you can't do now. But back then, it was no problem whatsoever. As long as you weren't totally behind and, you, you know, your studies. Uh, they were fine with it, you know what I mean? It was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And so off we went. So, yeah, that's the Winnebago holiday. <laughs> My next W is Wally Badalu, who's a keyboard player. French African. He's played on so many records, Jackie, that I've loved over the years. He played on uh, M's pop music, the keyboards, you know, all the synth sounds, real master of his art. And he crops up again on Grace Jones's private life. He's just a genius, you know, the sounds he comes up with. You know, there might be technical players better, but when it comes to coming up with those sounds like Paul Hardcastle used to do, who did 19, of course, another pioneer of using synthesizers. Played on all sorts, Herbie Hancock, Talking Heads, Level 42. What are you laughing at? <laughs> <laughs> I like Level 42. I like Level 42. He just held his bass far too high. I know, but you didn't... Was that a gimmick? Or did no, he have I think to I think he was comfortable playing it like, like that. Oh, yeah, okay. What as opposed to Pete Uck, who plays it really? down by his ankles. Yeah, but you see, that even looks as bad. Well, uh, yeah, that stance. There's no need to stand with your legs that far apart, <laughs> <laughs> Peter. <laughs> was he ever in a band? Was he just a guest on other people? He's done on his own solo project. Um, you know, later years, but he just worked for everybody and he worked at a lot of Compass Point Studios in the Bahamas. Oh, nice. And the um, Oh, so people would just travel to him? No, he'd travel to the studio and, uh, you know, work with Sly and Robbie or, or Grace Jones or whoever it was. 
and he's got a reputation and he's all over the place. Me and Andy went to see Level 42, I remember? Andy's, you know, he was impressed, I remember. We both were... Well, I think anybody who plays the bass, you've got to be impressed. Yeah, I, I agree, I agree. But uh, they had some good pop songs, the early tapes, the first album, not as commercial as the latest stuff, uh, you know, running in the family and all that kind of thing. But it's very, very good jazz funk, British jazz funk. He worked with Level 42 a bit later on when they had uh, not one of my favourite singles, Star Child. But it's quite a, an, an ethereal, slinky type sound he used to get, you know, for all his, um, you know, all these clients that hired him. Very much like um, Quincy Jones, you know, the, those sort of sounds that he uses. You know, otherworldly, take you to a different place, you know, twinkly. Uh, subtle though, you know, really subtle. He's one of my favourite keyboard players ever. My next W is Withenshaw, which, uh, well, where I grew up, basically on the other side of the fields, probably a mile away, was, you know, the start of Withenshaw. So we used to go around there a lot, not only with my dad in the car doing the visits, but... Uh, just hanging out, really, you know, being a kid, hanging out with your mates, you know. And I always remember seeing this Greenbow Social Club, Slaughter and the Dogs, that was painted there, it was there for years, and I'd heard of Slaughter and the Dogs, and it used to fire me up this, you know, when I went past, because I liked Slaughter and the Dogs, thought they were great, cranked up really high, you know, dead exciting. I think they're doing a comeback at the moment, like a lot of people. Uh, the rock, you know, the Rossi brothers uh, in front in it, I think. But so my mum, of course, worked at Withenshaw Hospital and the ear, nose, and throat. She used to love work being a nurse, my mum. And because she used to go and work there, I was able to rehearse with Ian and John, you know, in the back bedroom when she wasn't there. And make that racket that Chris could hear around the back. <laughs> yeah, Clive. Yeah. <laughs> Changing his name. <laughs> Clive. Clive Ferrenton, yeah. I used to go to Withenshaw Park a lot as well, playing pitch and putt with my dad. Down, did Withenshaw Park have a very shallow paddling pool? Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Because that memory's just come back to yeah. me. Yeah. I did go in, you know, when I was a kid. Just sort of, you know, it was only about up to her knees or whatever, wasn't That's it? That's right, yeah. Maybe a bit deeper. There was another pool like that and further over Withenshaw towards the, towards the airport as well. Where I used to go, and I think they had little paddle boats. Yes, that's a memory I've got as well. Yeah, and I used to go there as well, you know, on our bikes. So it was a, a adventure playground, really. And there was the Forum. The Forum, yeah. Played snooker there. There's lots of things went on at the Forum. Yeah, there was. People used, and my mum used to work at the Golden Garter. Yeah, we talked about that, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, which was such a great venue because all the big stars used to yeah, go. Yeah, they did. It was on that, you know, Northern Circuit. These cabaret stars, all the big ones, you know. But even all the, that's where she met all the city players okay. and managers. Tony Book, she said, he used to come in a lot. Okay. And she thought he was lovely. He was always very nice to all the staff, which what, is always nice to hear. What about Malcolm Allison? And he, Big Mal, yeah. Right, he looked like he might like, like a night out. <laughs> I once went for a drink with Big Mal. Did you? I did. But, in, and was it good a company? Oh, my, he was the best company. Oh, uh, was I? This is when he was in the nursing home, so it was in the oh. 90s. Right, um, and he escaped from the nursing home. It was quite funny because I don't think he was supposed to. No. And he sort of talked us all. I think he was supposed to go straight back. We, there was an event on at City oh, okay. that he was at. 
Yeah. And he, he said... He wouldn't go back? No. He said, let's go to... What, St- did he just whisk him off somewhere? Yeah, we went to St Anne's Square. <laughs> ended up in a little bar. And he told us so man- just so many brilliant stories. Anyway, eventually, I think they tracked him down and took him back. What, did the police come? No, they didn't. <laughs> he was great company. Oh, good. That's good. Yeah, he was quite... Um, Extrovert. Oh, he was he brilliant, was, wasn't, wasn't he? he? Yeah. Yeah. What about Peter J. Swales? Was he a city? Um, Sw- no? Swales out. That's all I've got to say to you. Right. He had a record shop, didn't he? Yes, I think he did. Yeah, in Altrium. Yeah. And Cuban Heels, as I remember. What did he leave under a cloud? The city. Um, S- Swales company. was. Do you not remember Swales out? The whole campaign. No, not really. Oh, Why? Yeah. What did he do? There was a. There was a lot of. Looking after his mates, you know. Giving them uh, all free tickets. No, selling bits of the club off. Oh, right. You know, merchandising section, the hospitality section, that sort of thing. And then when Franny came in. Franny Lee. Franny Lee tried to get it all back so that the the club made the money. Right, and did he get it back? And he did. Oh, well done, well done, Francis Lee. So that was forward with Franny campaign. (laughs) And here we are today with Pep Guardiola, so, you know. He's not at it, is he? No, but I'd like to go for a drink with him, please. Well, yeah. In St Anne's Square. I'd rather go out with Klopp if I had the choice, just because he looks like he might be an interesting character Wouldn't to talk to. And hilarious. And I'd like to get to the bottom of what makes him tick. But back to Withinshaw. Yeah. Withinshaw uh, was great, <clears throat> wasn't it? Yeah, it was. We used to, as I say, play pitch and put there. I got a hole in one once, couldn't believe it. But they're only very short. <laughs> <laughs> Not like they are in uh, Heaton Park, the pitch and put there. Quite long there, you know, the... Uh, the drives, and it was only eight holes, I think. But yeah, I used to love doing that. You know, I the clubs there from that little cabin, get your ticket, couple of balls, couple of tees, and off you go. I wasn't, you know, just I was dead happy doing that. I kind of forgot about that actually with my dad. You know, didn't do a lot, but we did do a lot of pitch and put. Uh, so <laughs> brings good good memories. And Withenshaw, of course produced Marcus Rashford from Man United. And what a fine young man he is. What a great young man and what a great speaker, you know, just so genuine. Great player as well. He's got the height as well, you know. Uh, I think he'll go a lot further than he has already, Will Marcus. So, yeah, Withenshaw, great place. It is, and you keep seeing those signs that they make. No, what are those? Well, they, they make them out of old sheets and hang them up. What and does it say? <laughs> well, it's been different ones that they've done. It's all to do with Marcus Rashford. Oh, I see. Right. And, you know, supporting his campaigns. Ah, OK. But it's just great that that's yeah. within Shaw's answer to things is an old sheet and somebody's just written on it. I just right, think I'm that's great. Yeah. I, I love it. Right. What, do they, people hang it outside? Yeah. Outside of the house? On the sign. Oh, I'll have with, to go and have a look. For Withinshaw. Oh, the actual borough sign. Yeah. Yeah, the town sign. The old English word for, for Withinshaw... Willow wood. There must have been a lot of willow trees around there. Oh, I never knew that. Yeah, that's what it means, Withenshaw in Old English. So, yeah, interesting place. Spent a lot of time there. Other famous people from Withenshaw, Paul Young from Mike and the Mechanics and Sad Cafe. Wow. Also, of course, Johnny Marves from, well, Bagley. He started off life in Ardwick, but moved there very young. And... That's one of the reasons that I met him, because he'd gone drinking in sail, you know, from Bagley on the bus. Uh, and we'd uh, converge one night, and that's how I got to meet him. Also, Carolina Hearn, um, from the royal family, of course, a comedian. 
Irish really, family. that's where the royal family was based on her time in Withinshaw. Yeah. And growing up round there. Right. And uh, who else comes from there? Sid Little from Little and Large. <laughs> and uh, Simon Gregson from Coronation Street, of course. Who you love. He gets a lot of mentions on this podcast. Yeah. He was, he's, he's a good actor. He went you know. to my school. Did he? Yeah, he went to Kingsway. Right. In Cheadle. Ah, oh, very good. Did you like Little and Large? I'll be honest with you, no. I didn't really, you know, it was all right, you know what I mean? <laughs> so little and Large. You didn't like Little was and it, Large? They weren't as good as Morecambe and Wise, were they? No. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you put, you put up with them if they came on on Saturday night, on the Generation game or whatever. Yeah, but his Cliff Richard impersonation alone was brilliant. Well, I can't, I can't remember it. Eddie Large. <laughs> and he was a big City fan. Right, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> also in Withenshaw was the fair and Withenshaw Park again. Used to go every year, really, growing up. There was one in Alty as well, but I love fairs. You know, the Dodgems. So it was quite a romantic lifestyle <laughs> to work on the fair. Did you watch those films with David Essex? Was that what it was? Yeah, I have seen that David Essex film, Star whatever it is. And wasn't... um, Stardust. Stardust. And wasn't Ringo Starr in it? He might have been, yeah. I think he was in one of them as well. About the same time. Also, the circus came one year. My mum and dad, their friends, they got me and my sister a pair of tickets and we went with them, sat out, you know, just outside the ring in in the big top. All very exciting. And basically the clowns came on. Now, they don't bother me, clowns. Um, there is a name for it, people who are scared of them. I'm not one of them. But I was scared of them when they said to me, well, said to the audience, right, we're looking for a skinhead. Now, I don't know why they said that, but it must have, I must have had a, um, like a denim jacket on or something. And what age were you at this point? Probably about 10. And I thought, oh, God, I hope they don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> and they did. So I got in the ring with them, because I think we were sat quite near the front. So it was easy to get in, you know, without wasting time. And so they then proceeded to um, basically throw me about like an an acrobat with a, um, a safety net, which was actually on the floor, you know, for a joke, and twisted me, you know, got hold of my feet and, and flipped me over, this was, kind of thing. Was this the 70s? Yeah, it would have been about 1974, yeah. 73 or something. There was no health and safety in the 70s. No, no. I wasn't very happy, but I just went on autopilot. It was like I was in a dream. I just had to go through with it because they'd asked me, come on, we get him out, this skinhead. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's what that was my entree into the showbiz world. <laughs> so, and you thought, this is for me. This is the game for me, the roar of the crowd. Yeah, yeah, it was okay. But uh, we got over it. <laughs> My next W is Woolworths in Altrincham, where I used to go with Ian and John on, on our dinner hour quite a lot. And that's where I bought the um, Fender Precision copy, uh, which, which was 50 quid, that Ian started playing when we started the band off, you see. And we used to go in there for pick and mix, of course. Uh, but what I most remember about it was uh, a Romany lady outside playing accordion. It was there for years and years, you know. 
She had no teeth, <laughs> which made a great noise. You know, this accordion. I like them. Do you like them? Yes, fabulous. Yeah, very dreamy, aren't they? My granddad used to play an accordion. Right, did he? At parties. One of the great big silver ones. Yeah, you'd get it down off the top of the cupboard. Right, and put two straps on. Yes. Right, heavy duty stuff. And I also remember when Anarchy in the UK came out, I had a Sex Pistols, they've been 29p. I wish I'd just got, um, you know, as many as I could carry back then. I know, but 29p was a lot of money then, so you probably what, wouldn't was think... Was it, though, in the 70s? Probably about a couple of quid, wouldn't it? Three well, quid, yeah. more. You wouldn't have that much in your pocket money, would you? For a single, no. You'd just buy one. But I had a little part-time job, but it was later on, though, in the greengrocers mm. on Railway Street. But Woolworths, yeah, it was the go-to place, wasn't it, to get singles if yeah you if you didn't have an independent record shop you'd go to your local Woolworths. yeah i got a few records from there you know i like going and why did you buy the guitar if it wasn't for you to play well i wanted to learn how to play the bass at the same time that we started the group kind of thing i sort of got bored of it playing on you know on my own at home so um I got we got the drum kit and then he went onto the bass. You say, bet your mum and dad thought, oh no, he's gone onto the drums. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> My dad would have done. So uh, yeah, that's Woolworths for you. Sad loss to the high street. Yeah, it was. It's ages ago now, wasn't it? Yeah, you could actually get everything in Woolworths, couldn't yeah, you? you? Could, yeah, it was you a bit could. like a hardware store. You could get paint. You could get mugs. Yeah, plates. lights. Books. Christmas decorations. Anything you want, uh, you know, yeah, stationery. Yeah. yeah, stationery. Yeah, they had a bit of everything and yeah. sweets. <laughs> it did. <laughs> uh, I always found it interesting, you know, later in life, I found out about Barbara Hutton, who was the heiress to the Woolworths Fortune, American, a socialite, real party goer, you know, during the Depression era. Everybody, you know, papers had a real go at her because everybody was suffering. She was out, you know. Partying. Yeah, partying like mad. She claimed that uh, she, she drank a lot of vodka, but she also claimed she could um, detect if she could bought a bottle of Coke from which bottle implant in America it had come from. Such was her expertise on Coca-Cola. <laughs> she always found fascinating. Because <laughs> I like Coca-Cola. That's some skill. Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, but did anybody ever challenge her? Or did she just say it? I might start saying it. Well... <laughs> Well, um, some people can tell where certain wines come from, don't they? I suppose this might have been, you know, similar sort of thing. Either that or she had had too much vodka. Yeah, probably. <laughs> okay, we're going to need a soundtrack for the letter W. What have you got? Tonight, Jackie, I've got Say by Tim Burgess and Peter Gordon. My next one. My old friend Clive, when in Rome, the promise. The next one, Good Luck by Basement Jacks. Point of View by DB Boulevard. And Life's What You Make It, Talk Talk. Great song. Oh, it's fantastic, isn't it? Okay, we'll see you next week. Bye for now, Jackie. This podcast was produced and edited by John. Post-production is by Carl Svensson at Tadawa Media Limited. 
Music by Colin McGrath, Joe Brown, Johnny Smale and Simon Wollstonecroft. And the artwork is by Lee Dyer. This has been Funky Size, A to Z of Manchester. Manchester.